Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Four minutes past the hour here in the District of Columbia. Youngest in Charge movement. Linnell Willingham riding with you till 10 o'clock on this Friday night edition of Overtime. We're brought to you by ExpressLanes.com. Heads up. The toll rates for vehicles taller than seven feet has increased across the 495, 95, and 395 Express Lanes commuters. Don't stress. Nearly all personal vehicles under seven feet, even SUVs and trucks, Learn more at ExpressLanes.com. Talking to Washington Commanders right now. Huge game on Sunday night against the New York Giants. Nationally televised contest. Really a pseudo playoff game for both of these teams. Trying to keep pace in the NFC playoff picture. Washington, as we sit here today, currently locked into the sixth seed uh, in the NFC playoff race. The Giants currently locked in to the seventh seed. So clearly we can see some big time movement based on the result of Sunday Night Football. Heading into Sunday Night Football, though, what's your biggest concern taking on the New York Giants? We saw it in that first meeting, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley really able to control things on the ground. I thought that was the big difference as to why they were able to score 20 points in that game. Their ability to have Daniel Jones be a threat as a runner for all four quarters, I think, really affected the way Washington played defensively. And they still only gave up. 20 damn points. So clearly, uh, Washington over the bye week had one thing to focus on, and that was stopping Daniel Jones in this New York Giants rushing attack. My other cause for concern, though, if I had to pick some heading into Sunday night's contest, can Taylor Heineke protect the football? We've seen him put the ball in harm's way on multiple occasions this year. It really seems like it's three or four throws a game where you're trying to pull your hair out and say, no, Taylor, what are you doing? Eliminating those, I think, is the key to this Washington offense being unlocked. And it's not only about him just protecting the football. It's about him making the layups, so to speak, right? We all know the big throw in the red zone that he missed to Logan Thomas in the last matchup. Look, quite frankly, if you want to be a postseason team, if you want people to take you serious nationally, that can't happen. You are better than the New York Giants. Without a shadow of a doubt, they are the better football team one through 53. It's about can they get premium production out of the most important positions? And we all know the importance of quarterback in the National Football League. If Taylor Heineke can make the layups and protect the football, I think Washington has a great chance offensively because, look, if you believe me or not, Washington, you saw what the Eagles did to Philadelphia. 
what the Eagles did to the uh, the Giants on Sunday. Washington provided the blueprint for that. They did. I'm sure the Eagles went back on film and said, hey, look, there is clearly some big holes that we can exploit in this Giants pass defense. Philadelphia just so happens to have the front runner right now for MVP. So they were able to capitalize on the mistakes that the Giants made in the secondary. If Taylor Heineke in this offense can connect on the big plays that are there and available for them, Washington should have no trouble with the New York Giants. Coming off of the first meeting against the Giants, I feel like it was the first time all season we've gotten close to average production out of this commander's offense. Right now, since we had the bye week, we haven't gotten to see him play. Based off of what I saw against the Giants, this is the closest this offense has been to being average all season long. It's the first time you saw the passing game have success and the running game have success in the same game. So much so, it was the first time all year Washington threw for over 270 yards and rushed for over a buck 50. It's the first time all year that they've been able to do that. That's what they envisioned offensively coming out of training camp with Carson Wentz, with Brian Robinson, with this running game. Clearly, Wentz is on the shelf. Insert Taylor Heideke, but the game plan remains the same. I think Scott Turner offensively is being a little bit more conservative in his play calling because he knows the holes that Washington has up front along the offensive line. He understands the limitations of his quarterback in Taylor Heineke. Moving forward, though, I think if Heineke is able to hit the layups, this should be a blowout. It really should be. I just don't think the Giants have the horses, so to speak, to compete with Washington. It's at your crib, Sunday night football. All the momentum is in your favor right now. You're well-rested. That's the key caveat that I know we all talk about, but I think it's more important than maybe we want to give it credit for, right? You're injured guys, and there's a lot of them, have gotten this extra time to rest, have gotten this extra time to say, hey, look, let me take care of my body and ensure I'm the best version of myself come Sunday night football, and I fully expect it. Speaking of health, the health of Benjamin St. Just is also a big concern for me heading into this weekend's game. His play in him moving to the outside corner has directly correlated to the turnaround in this Washington Commanders defense. I go all the way back to that week three game against the Philadelphia Eagles. William Jackson the third. Oh, my back, my back. Fine. You're trash anyway. Put him on the bench. Insert Benjamin St. Just. It's a game where you only give up 24 points to the league's best offense. Clearly, clearly Benjamin St. Juice has stabilized that outside corner spot, and it's really had a trickle-down effect on the rest of this defense. It's allowed Jack Del Rio to be more comfortable playing man coverage. It's allowed more aggressiveness uh, out of this defense as a whole. And I'm not just saying Benjamin St. Juice is the singular reason for the turnaround, but guess what? He's pretty damn important to what Washington has done on the defensive side of the football. The reason my health, the reason his health, excuse me, is a concern for me heading into this week is the last meeting against the New York Giants. Rookie cornerback Christian Holmes struggled a little bit, got picked on, gave up the 55-yarder to Darius Slayton, gave up the touchdown to Hodgins. Clearly, Christian Holmes' seventh-round pick was a gunner all year long, going balls to the wall, being a special teams war daddy. During his first action, at the starting cornerback spot, it was against the Atlanta Falcons, a group that didn't really have a bunch of receivers that could test you. He played well in that game outside of the key face mask that he had. Then you go back to the game against the Giants. He had those two plays in which he botched. But outside of that, Christian Holmes has been super solid. And this coaching staff of the Washington Commanders continuing to give him credit and pump him up. Here's Ron Rivera talking about Christian Holmes 
earlier in the week. That, that's all part of it. You're, you know, it, it's not all going to be clear sailing, and you, you're, you're going to come across, you know, and, and understand that somewhere along the line there's going to be a bump, and, and, and you know, he did. He had a little bit of a bump. They picked on him a little bit, and um, you know, he's got to understand now. You're going to get an opportunity again when you got to respond. How he handles it, how he deals with it, is what's going to help develop him as a football player. Um, you know, we did talk to him afterwards, just so he understood that you know this is hey, this is this is what's going to happen. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Um, you know, one of the neat things is I, I know Kendall Fuller talked to him a little bit too for us uh, on the side, just trying to get him to understand that that's all part of it. And if you get beat, you move on to the next one and just don't let it happen again. It's Commanders head coach Ron Rivera talking about how they've coached up their young pup. And I love the fact that he mentioned a veteran corner like Kendall Fuller coming and putting his arm around Christian Holmes and saying, look, young pup, I've been in your shoes before. I've been picked on. I've had a rough day at the office. That's the beautiful thing about the National Football League. It's different than college. These guys that you're lining up across, no matter if it's just an Isaiah Hodgins, who none of us know who the hell he is, but he's good enough to make it to the National Football League. You got to respect your opponent each and every time out and understand that they're getting paid just like you do. They're getting paid to beat you. So if they do beat you every once in a while, nothing to stress out about, nothing to lose confidence over. I love the fact that they put their arms around him and said, hey, look, young kid, we're going to be counting on you in the future. And I expect you to have many more opportunities to prove yourself. Uh, so the, the the play of Christian Holmes, I think, is huge. And it coincides with the health of Benjamin St. Juice. Uh, we heard from head coach Ron Rivera earlier today. We'll play that for you a little bit later on in the show. Cats out of the bag. Benjamin St. Juice officially going to be listed as a game-time decision uh, for Sunday Night Football. So Christian Holmes may be inserted back into the lineup. Uh, if they don't go with Christian Holmes, I thought Danny Johnson had really his best performance of the year. And really it feels like every time they've pressed Danny Johnson into action since his benching, he's answered the bell as well. You go back to the Minnesota game, uh, having the key interception in the end zone. And then last week when he came in, it really felt like you could see a guy who was playing confident at the cornerback position. He dropped an interception. There's a reason he's a, a DB and not a wide out, but his ability to break on the football, his route recognition, his knowledge, Against a receiving core like the Giants, Danny Johnson can hold his own. I worry about him when you're going up against some of the upper echelon and top-tier guys uh, around the National Football League. But the health of Benjamin St. Juice, definitely a concern for me heading into Sunday Night Football. If he cannot go, we'll likely see the combination of Christian Holmes uh, and Danny Johnson. Something else you might end up seeing is Washington deploy that three-safety look and play Bobby McCain uh, as their slot corner. I talked about Bobby McCain Uh, a little bit earlier, his ability to show that position flex and that versatility to be able to go play the single high safety or play that deep half post safety and then have the toughness to come down and be an alley player playing in the box, being physical in the running game, uh, I think it's huge. And it's one of the reasons why this commander's defense has been able to take that next step. Uh, We got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, I want to take your calls on this. If you're on the line, stay there. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines wide open, 1-800-636-636. 1067. You can tweet at me as well. N E L L underscore BTP. What's your biggest concern heading into round two against the Giants? Your calls next. Coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, Sam Fortier, Commander's beat writer for the Washington Post, is set to join the show. 
We'll take his temperature on everything burgundy and gold related and where he thinks currently, where he thinks things currently sit with the burgundy and gold as they get ready for Sunday night football against the New York Giants. Right now, though, I want to take your calls. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. What's your biggest concern heading into round two against the Giants? They gave you some of mine. You got to stop Daniel Jones in this rushing attack. He was their leading rusher a year ago, uh, excuse me, a couple weeks back uh, in that football game and has really tortured this commander's defense ever since he's gotten into the league. How was this offensive line going to show up? We saw on multiple occasions in that first Giants game, Wink Martindale and his ability to create confusion along this commander's offensive line. You saw free rushers uh, coming off the edge at really inopportune times during that football game. Uh, the, the moment that really stands out to me was the sack that Taylor Heineke had to take. Blindside shot off the edge from Kayvon Thibodeau. And like I said, Heineke's got a damn horseshoe stuck up his ass because there's no way he was able to hold on to that football. Everyone wants to talk about how frustrated they are with the tie. Be happy we didn't lose that football game. So while I am optimistic about their opportunity to have success in their second meeting this time around with the Giants, there are some things that still... Give me concern. This offensive line is one of them. Taylor Heineke and his ability to protect the football is another thing. Like I mentioned, he has been blessed, I guess, right? Sometimes they say it's better to be lucky than good. We saw him not just in the last Giants game, but in each and every last one of his starts put the ball in harm's way. But luckily, opposing defenses don't like catching Taylor Heineke interceptions. If he can hit the layups as well, I think. This commander's offense has an opportunity to have big-time production uh, against the Giants on Sunday Night Football. I also mentioned the health of Benjamin St. Just. Huge for two reasons. One, he's playing damn good football right now ever since they moved him to the outside corner. And his replacements, Christian Holmes and Danny Johnson, eh. You know, Christian Holmes, a seventh-round rookie. Obviously, there's room to grow for him. Danny Johnson played pretty well, I, I, w- I would say, in, in the last meeting against the Giants, we saw him drop an interception. But being in the right place at the right time is really the big thing. I uh, want to hear from you guys on this, though. 1-800-636-1067. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Vicks and Aki wants to happen. What's going on, Vic? What's up, Lanelle? How you doing, my man? I'm all right. So, um, I'm going to say what I said earlier, about about an hour on the G&D. Mm-hmm. Um, we're better than the Giants. 100%. The question is, are we a good football team? A good football team demonstrates they're better than you by beating you soundly in every facet of the game that does not give you any uh, confidence or uh, advantages to be able to win. Um, Say the quote that uh, I think it was Todd Rasman said, 49ers beat the Bengals 55-10 in the the back-to-back Super Bowl. He said, "We're, we're the better team. Let's come out and show it. Yeah, But this is what we'll tell on Ron Rivera. We had four mistakes that hindered us from blowing them out last time. When Obata and, De- and DeMontez Sweat uh, cheat inside and don't control their gap, yep. and Daniel Jones is able to get yards uh, and keep those uh, drives going alive. Uh, when Brian Robinson didn't finish that run and didn't score a touchdown, he should have scored. He didn't, he didn't have to run out of bounds. Yeah. Um, and, that was, and it was questionable when you watched it on, on, on TV and you heard the, the play-by-play uh, color guys talking about it. And Taylor Heineke's ability to make one to two more plays with the football. Yeah. 
this is how this is when you know coaching was done, fine tuning was done, attention to detail was done, specifics, fundamentals, uh, uh, intentionality on limiting mistakes was done. I'll land my plane and I'll say this. The last thing, the, the biggest thing that concerns me is our ability to keep the line of scrimmage, keep the integrity of the line of yeah. scrimmage when we are forcing Daniel Jones to scramble. Yep. There was one more play. We gave up a big 15-yard, 20-yard gash from him. He was in trouble. They had flushed him to the left side. And um, we had ability to just stay home and force him to have to run into two bodies, not force him to run, to run away from us and then run where we left off from. Yeah. If we keep the line, the integrity of the line of, line of scrimmage, play, play, control our gaps, and play through them quickly, like our D lineman can do, um, and, and we know how fast they get off the ball, uh, the Ron Payne, uh, uh, Jonathan Allen, we know how fast they get off the ball in the interior. The Giants won't score. Yeah, now this is funda- this is fundamental football. I, I agree with you, Vic, and I, and I appreciate this is the fundamental call. Fundamental football. I, I agree with everything Vic said. They are clearly better than this group up front. Price is in Largo almost that. What's going on, Price? What are you most concerned okay. about heading into round two? All right, so my concern, and it's pretty much been all season, there's been a lot of times I watch us get the ball down inside the 10 and cannot convert. We walk away with the field goal. Now, I know Heineke got his little handicaps, hiccups, or whatever, but I think the play calling, Scott Turner, he's going to have to get a little creative. You know, I watch other teams, watch other um, play calling teams get down inside the 10 and they get real creative. I watched um, Hurt, I watched him do a, uh, a fake like he's going to run it and just jumped up and threw the ball in, in the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, if he got hiccups, you got to be more creative. I yeah. mean, if you're going to be a professional offensive coordinator. Hey, I appreciate the call, Price. I, I think Price makes a good point. I want to go in a little bit more in depth about that because I, I disagree a little bit with what he's saying. I don't think it's on the play calling necessarily. I just think it's a lack of execution, and as Price said, we know the physical limitations already that Taylor Heineke has. We understand that when you get down into that red area, so to speak, especially from the 10 and in, the spacing is much more condensed. You're required to make more high-leverage throws, more tight-window throws. And sometimes you see Taylor Heineke hitch before he throws the football. And sometimes that split second of him not getting rid of the football you miss your opportunity, but they have guys that are physically capable of doing damage in the red zone. Jahan Dotson still leads this team in touchdowns on the season because of how well uh, he's able to do with his short area quickness in the red zone. I think red zone offense is going to be huge, though. Since Taylor Heineke's taken over, this offense, in between the 20s, eighth in the NFL in yards per game. So clearly there's a disconnect, right? I, I said it earlier. The last meeting against the Giants, the first time all year, they throw for over 270 and run for over a buck 50, yet you only score 20 points. That can't happen. And you win the turnover battle. So clearly, you know, the struggles on this offense are inside of the red zone. But I'll say this as a fan base, if you're looking for a silver lining and a reason to be optimistic about this team moving forward, and I'm not just talking about making the postseason. I'm talking about being an actual threat. This offense is really, really close, I feel like. I I genuinely feel that. They are uber close to being a respectable average group. And that's all you need right now based on the construction of this roster and the construction of this football team. 
Like I said, defensively, you are playing at a championship level right now. All you need is this offense to give you 24 to 27 points a game, and you'll be fine. Teddy's in the triangle circle once Tab is going on, Teddy. The triangle circle. Hey. You know what I just said? <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. Of course, brother. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I'm going to disagree with you, man. Uh-oh. I think <laughs> I really, really think it falls at the feet of Scott Turner. Um, if you take a look at Atlanta and you take a look at Giants, the last two teams we played, we are more, we have way more talented, skilled players than they do. I can't even name a receiver on Atlanta's team. They didn't have Kyle Pitts, but they still managed to make the game competitive, and they should have won if it wasn't for that tip pass. But what do those teams do? Well, they utilize the feet, the legs of their quarterbacks. That's the difference between us and these other teams that have mid-tier quarterbacks. Tyler Heineke is a bottom 10 passer in this league, but he's probably a top 10 runner in this league. If Scott Turner just kind of threw in maybe four or five design runs a game for for this guy who takes care of the ball, you know, he, he takes care of his body. I think that 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 is almost like the the, the offense that, that they run in Philadelphia. Yeah. Include Tyler Heineke in this running game. Well, Teddy, let me so ask you many- this. Teddy, Teddy, let me ask you this. How much of how much do you how much do you think Scott Turner not calling these designed runs was a product of Sam Howell being the backup quarterback in wanting to ensure that you had a healthy Taylor Heineke moving forward? I think you may see a difference in Taylor's play now that Carson's going to be the backup. Yes. He may have the freedom to cut it loose. Go ahead. And I've been praying that, that Carson is healthy now, so now they, and they want Carson to play, so now they're just going to cut him loose and, and, and let him really be the, the dynamic quarterback that he is. He, he does have his limitations, but he's spectacular with his legs. So, you know, that, that's, my, that's my biggest concern. My biggest concern is not letting Taylor do what he does well, the best. Hey, Teddy, I appreciate the call, my man. Look, I, I, I agree. When it comes to – I don't think Scott Turner deserves as much blame as his fan base is continuing to put on him for the lack of offensive success. If you really go back and watch the film from the last meeting against the Giants, there were so many times where you can see just based off of the play call alone that there is a lack of trust from Scott Turner – to this offensive line and the quarterback, right? It, it could be a lack of trust and it could just be a respect for the defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, and the personnel that they have up front. So many times in that last meeting against the Giants, you saw only two or three guys running out in the route. So many times you had to max protect just to ensure uh, that you were going to have time to throw the football. I think that affects your play calling when you aren't confident in your offensive line to hold up and pass pro. Scott Turner's doing the job with his hands tied behind his back. You can't tell me Taylor Heineke is his choice. Yes, he's well-versed in the system. Yes, he knows where the football should go. But at the end of the day, your physical limitations are your physical limitations. And right now, we know it. Those physical limitations and that lack of consistency and trust out of the quarterback is holding this offense back uh, as a whole. We got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, let's let's talk about some big surprises we've seen during this 6-1-1 stretch. The Washington Commanders seemingly, during their last eight games, six wins, one loss, and a tie, during that eight-game stretch would have been the biggest surprises to you. I'll tell you what I think next.
Just getting rocking and rolling on this Friday night edition of Overtime. Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with you till 10 o'clock before we dish the rock to the JR Sport Brief show. Right now, though, we're talking all things Washington Commanders. Speaking of the Commanders, uh, at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Sam Fortier, Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post. We'll ask him his expectations heading into Sunday night's huge showdown against the New York Giants. Right now, though, I'm going to hit the rewind button a little bit. Bask in the glory a little bit of the burgundy and gold. Right now, in the last eight games, this team 6-1-1. The only loss uh, coming at home against the Minnesota Vikings. You lose that game by three. And then you tie last week with the New York Giants. It's pretty damn good. And clearly, it feels like, to me at least, during this eight-game stretch, this football team has turned a corner. There's a confidence and a swagger and an energy right now that I feel like they're playing with. And quite frankly, this is something I expect them to be able to sustain for the rest of the season. I truly believe that right now, this group is playing with a confidence and a swagger that I haven't seen before personally, especially on the defensive side of the football. The big thing for me, the big thing for me is, can they maintain a level of consistency moving forward? Can we expect this to be the standard? Can this be the norm for this group moving forward? And look, defensively, I've said they've been playing at a championship level. They give up the big play every now and then. The tall tale sign, though, of a championship level defense is not giving up any big plays at all. So seeing this defense take the proverbial next step, which is only one more level to unlock, I feel like, when you see them take that next step as they're already kind of doing here, I think that's when we'll really get a gauge on how deep this team could go uh, potentially in the postseason. Like I mentioned, though, in their last eight games, the Commanders 6-1-1. One, one. In your mind, what's been the biggest surprise during this 6-1-1 one, one stretch? For me, I'll start off with this. The emergence of Benjamin St. Juice as this team's outside corner uh, I think is something that can't be overstated enough, right? Him being able to solidify that outside corner spot allowed them to be so much more aggressive defensively from a play-calling standpoint. It allowed Jack Del Rio and company to play more man coverage. And ultimately, I just think you've seen the big plays be limited. It always feels like Benjamin St. Juice is in the right place at the right time. And it's uber impressive when you talk about his transition because, hey, look, this is a guy. I was out there at training camp. They had no intentions of him playing outside corner at all this year. It just so happened that the William Jackson, the third move, backfires and bounces back in their face. So you saw them make the move. And to the credit of Benjamin St. Juice, coming off an injury riddled rookie season, he was ready, right? The moment never too big for him. And I think that's a testament of the character of the guy and the coaching staff around him. Defensive backs coach Chris Harris, I was out there boots on the ground at training camp. He is the loudest assistant on the sideline on a regular basis. This secondary, this defense feeds off of that energy. And I think it's a good thing that they got going right now. His ability to get Benjamin St. Jude's ready uh, and allow him to emerge into a legit outside corner, I think, uh, was a huge surprise to me. Not because not because of Benjamin St. Juice's talent, 
Just the fact that all summer long, I'm pretty sure he was running at slot corner, learning a completely new position, doing something that was foreign to him. And then all of a sudden, one day, they come to him and say, hey, look, you're starting at outside corner today. And he didn't blink, right? He didn't blink. And, and, and that just shows, that just shows how damn good he is. It, it really does, man. I don't want to understate it at all. I mean, this kid is legit. I'm not trying to sell you this bill of goods that he's some Pro Bowl corner, but for a guy that's only in his second year and missed a lot of last year due to injury, I mean, he's a lot more further ahead than a lot of people may have anticipated he would be. I think that's a credit to him, uh, and it's a credit to this commander's coaching staff. Speaking of development, the development of Brian Robinson, another huge surprise for me uh, during this commander's 6-1-1 one one stretch. During training camp, it was very evident that this Brian Robinson cat had something about him that was different, right? It was very clear that this Brian Robinson cat was going to be somebody. We just didn't know when. We didn't initially know the plan uh, during preseason because Antonio Gibson came into camp in the best shape of his life. I mean, we got to meet him uh, when I was hosting with Craig Hoffman out at the Eastern's Automotive Group shoot. That was about a week before camp uh, commenced. I said to Craig, I said, damn, Hoffman, Antonio Gibson looks like a damn defensive lineman. I mean, this is a big kid, and we all know the 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 the, the height, weight, speed on him. 225, 4'3", time. They advertised him and billed him as the weapon uh, coming out of, of, of Memphis. But, you know, coming off of a, a stellar second year in which he kind of took a step back, the fumbles were, was obviously an issue, but they were ready, in my opinion, to let him be the bell cow back of this offense and allow him to do more on offense. I don't think them drafting Brian Robinson was a lack of confidence in AG. I just think they think he is that dynamic of a weapon that drafting a true running back allows you more flexibility with him and allows him to do a lot more things here uh, in this offense. I say all that to say this. It was very apparent from the first day of training camp and really, when they put the pads on for the first time is really when my eyes were open to it. This Brian Robinson is no joke. They do nothing but breed dog running backs at the University of Alabama. You might as well call it RBU. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, that is, that is a group that year in and year out, you see a stud running back coming from that program. And I think Brian Robinson is just the latest apple to fall off of that tree. And like I said, you, you mentioned it and you saw it during training camp. Um, and it wasn't just, I think when we look at the height of Brian Robinson, he's a taller back, we automatically assumed he was some big, bruising back. He is that, but he's that and then some. His jump cut, his short area quickness is special. His vision is special. His ability to run with low pad level is special. And you got a glimpse of it during the preseason. He's about that action, boss. I mean, look, a Marshawn Lynch comparison isn't a stretch. People want to get on me a lot. I called him and compared him to Adrian Peterson. And when I say that, it's about being that size and being that elusive at that size. And I know a lot of you probably think, well, Brian Robinson doesn't have any breakaway speed. Brian Robinson ain't AP. Of course he's not Adrian Peterson, you donks. I just think his trajectory and his potential is limitless. You're seeing him right now. He was four yards shy uh, last Sunday for going over 100. That would have been his second straight 100-yard performance. You got to imagine, man, 
This kid is still trying to work his way back from being shot, right? You got to think about it. He wasn't in Washington's strength and conditioning program for about 35 days. He wasn't getting the work that a regular NFL back would get. So every day that he's back at the facility getting stronger, going through the lifts, going through practice, he's only going to get better. So the development of Brian Robinson, I think, was a huge surprise because fans out there, look, to think that he was going to have this impact on this offense after being shot, if you believe that, kudos to you. You're probably a damn lie. But, look, it's surprising nonetheless. I don't even think surprising is the right word to use. I mean, I'm thankful that he's been able to have this type of impact, and I think it bodes well for the success of this franchise moving forward. He is part of the reason why offensively you have established a newfound identity. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. The question at hand right now is, what's been the biggest surprise for you with the Washington Commanders during this 6-1-1 stretch? I'll continue to give you my thoughts, plus take your calls next. This is the fan. Youngest in Charge Movement, Liddell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock on this Friday night edition of Overtime. If you're out getting ready to go out to the club tonight, make sure y'all stare extra long and hard in the mirror before y'all come outside. Because I ain't going to lie, I was at the club last weekend. A lot of the fits y'all had on, man. This is Chocolate City, man. This is D.C. Put up or shut up. Ladies, gents, whether you're putting on your birthday suit or your freakum dress, Make sure you got it all coordinated before you go out tonight. I'll, I'll help you get ready to go out tonight. We're talking to Washington Commanders right now, and I'm trying to get to the bottom of the biggest surprise to you during this 6-1-1 stretch. Obviously, dating back to that, Chicago's, that Chicago Bears game, the Washington Commanders have been on a heater. Taylor Heineke, 5-1, 5-1-1, excuse me, uh, during his seven starts at the quarterback position. And during this stretch, there have been a lot of things that have surprised me. I mentioned Brian Robinson. I mentioned the emergence of Benjamin St. Juice. We're getting ready to be joined by Sam Fortier at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, and I talked to him in depth about this next guy. Uh, Jamin Davis, in his emergence, has been a super surprise to me, and here's why. As early as week two against the Detroit Lions, us here locally, myself included, we're ready to throw in the towel on the young career of Jamin Davis. We were ready to declare this young man a bust. And the fact that he's been able to take his game to the next level during the most important stretch of the season, I think is huge. And it does come as a surprise because, like I said, I was blessed with the ability to be out there boots on the ground during training camp, right? I got to see this team on a day-in, day-out basis. I remember coming in here doing a show after one training camp practice, and the topic of conversation was, was Jamin Davis going to be a starter for this team moving forward? There was David Mayo getting first-team reps. It was Kalik Hudson getting first-team reps. We wondered how the growth in, in, in the maturation process of Jamin Davis was going, and based on the start that he had to the season, it wasn't going too well. But clearly, at some point, a light switched, or a light flipped on for Jamin Davis, and 
in that article that Sam Fortier wrote about Jamin Davis, he he talked about his renewed commitment to film study and, and, and his new renewed uh, want to to get into his playbook. And clearly, we all knew the physical attributes was never in question when it comes to Jamin Davis. This is a first-round pick, a guy that stands at six foot two, two twenty-five, 4'4", cat. I mean, you see it on display now, can run sideline to sideline. It was about him getting a better understanding of how to be a pro, really. It took that for him to have that physical ability be unlocked, uh, so to speak. And you've seen it here really for the last six, seven weeks. Jamin Davis is one of the most important players on this commander's defense. And the thing I love, Jack Dorio and company, their trust in Jamin has grown over the past six, seven weeks to the point where now Jamin Davis is the middle linebacker of this team. Cole Holcomb goes down. They sign a veteran. They don't go with the veteran. They put Jamin in the middle. At first, it was Cam Curl wearing the green dot in absence of Cole Holcomb. Now it's Jamin, right? So Jamin's the one that's in communication with defensive coordinator Jack Dorio on a play-in, play-out basis. Jamin is the one making the, the, the strong and weak calls on the front. I mean, Jamin, in his role in this commander's defense now, has evolved so much, and I think it just speaks to the player and, and his willingness to go above and beyond to be great, right? It was never about a lack of effort from Jamin Davis, right? I know character was a big thing uh, that this Washington commander's staff Loved about Jamin during the pre-draft process. We all know Ron's a military guy. Jamin Davis comes from a military family. So there was a sense of understanding already as to how things were going to be operated and worked over in Ashburn. And it might have taken a little while, but Jamin Davis, right before our eyes, I feel like is developing into a first-round pick at the linebacker position. I don't think we're in a situation where we got to worry about whether or not Jamin Davis is going to be here long-term. This is your guy. I'm so confident in the fact that, look, Cole Holcomb on IR out for the rest of the season? Bye. I don't need Cole Holcomb on this roster anymore. Not at the price he's probably going to command. Let him go sir, do, do someone else a favor and, and, and fill someone else's lineup. You don't need Cole Holcomb at this point. And it's because of the growth and development of Jamin Davis, and I think that is one of the bigger surprises uh, of this commander's six one and one stretch. Let's go to Richard and Rockville was tapping. What's going on, Richard? Hey, Mr. Willingham. I'm an old time uh I'm almost said the R word, Commanders fan. <laughs> and I've never I've never forgiven Philadelphia for the body bag game. Okay? And the whole attitude. <laughs> and I just want to tell you that I appreciate your enumerating the improvements and surprises in the individual parts of our team this year. But to me the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. The effort that they made to beat Philadelphia yeah. at Philadelphia yeah. and ruin and ruin Philadelphia's chance to have a perfect season, that's going to stick in Philadelphia's craw for a long time. Okay? Yeah. And nobody, nobody, nobody thought that they were going to do that. Nobody. Okay? Including probably you and me. No, I, I, look, I'll <laughs> we, tell you straight up, I didn't think they had a damn chance. We, we rooted for them, but... Nobody thought it was going to happen, and to me, that was just that wasn't just a surprise of of the six on a run. It was a surprise of maybe the year. Yeah, and it's believe me, Philadelphia people. I remember when Chicago went down to Miami and Dan Marino ruined their perfect season. People don't forget that stuff, you know, like yeah. when they ruin your perfect season. 
the, the fans never forget that. The Philadelphia fans are always going to remember those commanders came up there and they beat them at home. So anyway, I just want to say I'm so happy. I'm so psyched for our team this <laughs> no, year. I, no, I, too, I love man. your I love your commentary. Hey, I appreciate you, buddy. Let's go to Sterling in Gainesville. Sterling, what's your biggest surprise uh, during this Commanders six one and one stretch? Well, it's, it's kind of two parts. I think the uh, revolving door on the offensive line still being able to make calls and make us uh, give our identity is a major surprise to me. And I think Heineke still throwing interception, but them dropping them is another surprise. He throws bad throws, but they've been dropped or they've been ruled touches or yeah. what have you. Did, did you hear you what know? I said, Sterling? So, I, said, I said he's like he's got a damn horseshoe stuck up his ass. I've never seen a quarterback more <laughs> lucky than Taylor Heineke. Heaves it to the goal line and someone comes up with it. Unbelievable. But <laughs> that stuff helps us. I'm all good. Go Commanders. Hey, I appreciate the Thank call, Thank you for Sterling. the call. Of course, man. I appreciate it. 1-800-636-1067 is the number here on the MGM National Harbor Listen Lines. Chris is in Oxon Hill. Chris, what's your biggest surprise during this Commander's 6-1-1 one one stretch? Hey, how's it going, Lou Mayo? Definitely appreciate you taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, to be honest, I feel like it's a couple of surprises, but some that really stuck out to me was, one, how they paid all this money for Carson Wentz, and they never really knew that, he really wasn't the same player that he was back in the past when he mm. was fifty before the injury. And then secondly, I would say is the surprise that Taylor Heineke actually is motivating the team. I'm not saying it that Taylor Heineke is this great quarterback because, no, he's not. But he's obviously bringing some motivation to the team. You see how all of a sudden the team went from being 1-4 to being 6-1-1 one one yeah. within that time. You know, so obviously he's brought, brought along some motivation. And I, I want to say, you know, hopefully in the future, I know, you know, next year we may need another quarterback, but please do not bring back Carson Wentz. <laughs> he is a waste of time. Appreciate you taking my call. Thanks hey, again. look, I appreciate you, Chris. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I can't agree with y'all more. I mean, we all know what it is when it comes to Taylor Heineke, man. It ain't something, it ain't something that, you know, we're thinking like, hey, this this is a long-term answer at the quarterback position. I think this team, this coaching staff, understand his story. Uh, underdog kid, you can rally around him, and he encapsulates everything that this Washington Commander season is right now. They started off 1-4. and four. Everyone put a fork in him and told him they were done. Insert Taylor Heineke, and just like he has for the entirety of his life, overcoming the odds shocking people, and doing the unthinkable. And right now, that's what's happening uh, with the Washington Commanders. Look, a lot left to do uh, here in this show. We got Sam Fortier coming up at the top of the hour. Before we get to that, we'll go to Jimmy in Waldorf. Jimmy, what's your biggest surprise, buddy? Hey, how you doing, man? Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Hey, look, I'm a I'm an old-time Skins fan as well. I don't apologize for saying Skins. <laughs> uh, I grew up on this squad, and... Um, when I grew up, it was the Hogs, and I just love how these this offensive line have overcome all of um, the adversity with all the injuries and such. Um, you know, you had guys that were down. We won our third and fourth uh, center, and these guys stepped up. And um, it's a testament to the coaching staff, and more than that, it's a testament to the guys to just 
step up and take ownership of that yeah. unit. And you can't do anything. You can't run anything. You can't pass anything without those dogs up front right. doing what they do. That's all I had to say. Hey, look, Jimmy, I appreciate the call, my man. Yeah, th- this offensive line doesn't get enough damn credit. Uh, John Matsko, the offensive line coach uh, here for the Washington Commanders, one of the best in the business at what he's done ever since he's gotten here. It's not like Washington has been loaded with talent up front along this offensive line, but each and every week, it might not be perfect, but they're finding ways to get it done. I just think moving forward, we need all hands on deck offensively uh, during this final four-game stretch to hopefully, hopefully clinch a playoff berth. We got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Sam Fortier, Commanders beat writer for the Washington Post, is set to join the show. We'll take his temperature on everything burgundy and gold related, and we'll ask him, does he think that the Washington Commanders are going to do the Lord's work this weekend and handle the New York Giants? All that and more next is the fan. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.